Hello, welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. Today I had the pleasure of having an absolutely wonderful and stimulating and thought-provoking conversation with my colleague Alex Van Toll. And we talked about love. Yeah, love is all you need. Or what's love got to do with it? There are a couple of songs about love. So you get to hear uh, me sing a little bit. No, don't, don't let that stop you from listening to this episode. It's just a tiny bit. But Alex and I had a really good time talking about uh, how to practice love, that, you know, it's this idea of self-love is not something that we all have really been taught how to, how to do and how it's something that we kind of have, we have to remind ourselves throughout the day. And we have to, sometimes it feels uncomfortable in the beginning, but if we can just keep repeating certain phrases or mantras to ourselves that we can eventually, it can feel really natural and feel really, really good, actually. Uh, being healthy and improving our lives is an inner job. And sometimes that inner work can be very tricky. And we also talked about how a lot of times people are seeking external sources of love. So whether it's new clothes or shoes or from a relationship, you know, trying to seek out that love that, you know, kind of fill that void that we might feel uh, from external sources, from other people, from things, from, you know, accumulating possessions and that sort of thing, or from eating, right? Sometimes that we feel like, oh, if we just eat, we'll feel better. But what Alex says, which I think is just so profound, is that no one and no thing can provide us with the type of love that we can get from ourselves, that we have the capability to love ourselves more powerfully and strongly and impactfully than any external person or source. And I think that's just such a wonderful and really kind of an empowering idea. And we talked about, well, how do we know we are worthy of that level of love? And so Alex talks about that. So really an amazing episode today. And I think you are going to get a lot out of it and enjoy it. Hello, Alex. Welcome to the podcast. Jill, it's a total stoke to be here. Thank you so much for um, opening the door. Yeah, so I'm super excited to talk to you. Um, so I wanted to start off with, we were just talking about self-love. And some people might wonder, well, how does self-love relate to health? I mean, what's the connection there? So I wanted to ask you, in the honor of Tina Turner's song, what's love got to do with it? And I won't sing, though. Oh, bummer. Unless you really want me to. Okay, I was totally... What's love go. got to do with it? Got to do with it. <laughs> So, so your question is like, what does self-love have to do with it? Yeah. With health. So much, so much. Love of ourselves is at the bottom of all of our healing. I really think it's difficult to, you know, I kind of have a real conviction that it's difficult for people to go out and save the world, for example, if they are coming from a place of lack, if they are coming mm. from a place of not being okay with themselves. And so the same, you know, you can generalize that to your body health as well. If, you know, if you're really holding on to things uh, within yourself that you disapprove of or that you are ashamed of, that, you know, they're just going to hold you back from being able to get to where you want to go. And it's a 
it's a really difficult thing to convince people of because it's invisible. Mm, okay. So it's invisible. So we don't, we're not aware of it or what do you mean? Yeah. Like there's so much, you know, it's like mindset. All this inner mm-hmm. work is invisible, right? It's not mm-hmm. like, uh, and this is actually why, you know, on the thread of health and nutrition and eating and weight stabilizing, you know, we, we actually have a pretty good measurement, like a pretty good, it's, the word I'm looking for is like barometer, but it's not a barometer. When we eat a certain way, we get a certain result visually. So we can really see, right? Or mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. we spend all of our time in the sun, well, we get a visual result that we can see if we wash our car and care for our car, we get a visual result we can see. We can't see inside our spirits, inside our souls, inside Mm. our bodies. They're black boxes. And so that's partly why I think the inner work is so tricky for people to do because we really can't, there's no good quick scale that measures our results. So that's what I mean by it's invisible. You know, it's a bit of a faith game. Interesting. Yeah. Too bad we didn't have like an inner work scale that we could just step on every day. <laughs> well, actually, that would be, yeah. And like I, I weigh myself totally. and then I get on my inner work scale. Yeah. Like they should be sitting and they should like for sure. I like this idea. They should be sitting like right next to each other on the bathroom floor. I feel like we have a good app idea here. Yeah. <laughs> I, and you know like what? The world needs another app. Yeah. And I think there's probably somebody who's got something, like somewhere out there is probably some way to, to uh, quantify this. But I just know, you know, speaking for myself, looking at the last, I would say about 12 years, maybe not 12 years, maybe 10 years have been like seriously focused on the inner work. And, you know, results, results may vary. Results are there, but it is just really difficult to, to pinpoint, to quantify, you know, you can feel it. Uh, I can feel the way my own love for myself is changing, Mm -hmm. but it's evanescent as well. Like, and you know, this, like some days it's very strong and other days it's, you really have to draw on it. And other days I fail myself, right? I really fail myself in being able to bring that love all the time. So yeah, mm-hmm. tricky because it's in a black box. It's a bit invisible. It's so it's mood dependent often too, right? It's It kind of is mm-hmm. riding the wave of our emotions. So it's a tough thing to just, you know, it isn't like measuring your, measuring the amount of protein you're going to take in at a meal, right? It's not quite that yes. way. Yes, yes. I, I think that that's, it's hard because people come to us and they're like, oh, you're a nutritionist. So you're going to help me with food and maybe fitness a little bit. And and then I start talking about self-love and they're like, but yeah, how much protein should I eat? Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That love stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Get it, but, but what should I eat? You know? Yeah. And the, the way that I like to think of it that I learned actually from, you know, and how I met you is through the Hendricks community. Mm-hmm. And I learned through uh, Katie Hendricks when she said, focusing, you know, context versus content. Mm-hmm. When she first said it, I literally did. I did not understand what she meant. I was like, what? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Context. It took me a while to really understand the way that I've interpreted that brilliant wisdom that she shared with all of us is that relating to this conversation that 
I like to think of it as the love context. So mm. we are pursuing our health practices, eating better, whatever it is that we want to do in the context of self-love. It's sort of yeah. like the pool, like what pool are we sitting in? Or I like to use the analogy of a garden. You know, I want to be in the love garden mm -hmm. <laughs> where there's plenty of water and sunshine and good soil and compost and everything and, and everything flourishes in the love garden. Whereas in the fear garden or the manipulative garden that's kind of created by most of the dieting industry, things just wither and, and wilt and they don't flourish because the, the ground, you know, the soil, the context in which they're growing is, it's not expansive. It's the opposite of expansive. Yeah. It's the opposite of nourishment. So that's how I kind of connect it. Or I, I don't know if that makes it any more visible or tangible for mm -hmm. people, but that's kind of how I like to think about it. And then I say, well, if you're in the context of practicing self-love, and like you said, some days we do that better than others, then the content of what you're eating or how much, you know, measuring out your protein or whatever becomes less, I want to say it's not important, but it becomes less of a, like this huge bone of contention yeah. that, you know, we have to argue with each other about veganism or paleo or whatever. It's like, oh, that's all just content. Yes. But what's the context? Yeah. So that's kind of how I relate that to this discussion. Yeah. And, you know, I like that garden analogy that you were just talking about because, you know, it makes me think about plants and it makes me think about the experiments mm -hmm. that people have done with plants and how they grow and how plants will grow mm. more fully and beautifully when they are surrounded with a context of love and care and classical music too yes yes my daughter did that yeah did she like as in, a in, in, in yeah in fifth grade totally. or fourth or i think it was fifth grade yeah. they had her take plant three plant and it literally was it was amazing for yeah. us to witness it i think she played classical and then hard rock mm -hmm. and maybe rap or something like that yeah. in the classical. And I think she also would like talk to the, the plants a little differently and stuff. So it was. Uh, yeah. Like that's yeah. The, back to the invisibility and the tininess of this. It's a vibrational thing. Mm -hmm. And much of the diet mm -hmm. industry and the weight loss industry comes at people from that space of you're not good enough. You're not good enough. Yeah. You failed, you're failing yourself, you don't have control. There's a lot of shame. And, you know, you would know this better than most people in the line of work that you're in. And that starts us off in the wrong vibrational space. You know, there, there yeah. must be a welcoming and a, you're okay exactly how you are. And a lot of people listening can't even step into that space, right? They can't yeah. even imagine that what I'm saying is true. But we are all great the way we are. And we need to believe that in order to get to where we want to go. That's, I think, you know, Eckhart yeah. Tolle talks about that really well in The Power of Now. You mm -hmm. know, acceptance is the foundation for, well, for contentment and for happiness. And from there, change can happen. Yes, yes, yes. Do you have a practice that you could share with us, whether it's your own or something you shared? You do uh, do executive coaching still, or, or yeah. is that yeah yeah okay? And and incorporating more of the body mind that we've learned through the Hendricks Institute, which is incredible because of course bodies are 
bodies are a very underused source of wisdom and knowledge in our society. Mm, wait, say that again. But, okay, <laughs> can I do that again? Bodies are an underused. It was really good. Well, I'm just going to grab, like, I, I know you don't probably show visuals on the podcast, but I'm into this book by Gabor Mate. Dr. Gabor Mate, he's a physician who has worked for years in the space of addiction. Uh-huh. And this book is called The Myth of Normal, and it came out in this year, 2022. Mm-hmm. It is really all about how you know, how ill we are. And it's not necessarily our doing. It's sort of the fact that we're products of this culture that surrounds us. That's quite toxic. But in the front of the book, in the very beginning, in the first, you know, pages of chapter one, he is talking about the body and how the body Mm -hmm. is where to start the work when it comes to undoing trauma. And we all have trauma. Some of us have big T trauma. Some of us have, have little T trauma, but we've all got trauma and so mm-hmm. you know just trying to work with your mind does not work right like bringing it to the body yeah. level is where we need to start but you asked if I have a practice yeah for both of for any of that as well the body the body awareness thing too anything you would suggest mm. I'd love to hear it yeah I think for me because I am like I am in practice now learning not to be so heady I, I'm a real intellectualist you know like my Clifton strengths that's a it's a strengths assessment, my first strength is intellectualism. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of working at a disadvantage from people who are much more bodified. So my discipline right now is to remember to speak words of love to myself. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, of course, you know, we are taught in Hendrix practices is, is to actually physically gather love from the air around us with our arms. And our arms towards our bodies as though we're giving ourselves a hug and it's powerful because yes you are drawing some of the cosmic energy towards you but more more than that you are creating a you know you're activating a neural pathway and an action and a movement that says this is this move is intended to remind me to love myself so Mm -hmm. not just saying it in my head you know like check in and I feel like I'm okay. I feel like I'm enough. I feel like I, you're doing okay and I'll love you. That's in my head. And, you know, in, in times when I'm not feeling it in my head, like that's not enough, then I will do the love. I will scoop yeah. that cosmic energy toward myself and give myself the love that actually nobody else in the world is going to give me. There's no single person in the world who will ever love you as much as you can love yourself. So why not be that person who can love yourself that much? But it takes reminding yourself takes practice. So that's a current practice that I have is just physically reminding myself to run that neural loop. Yeah, wow. I I never really thought of it that way that there's no other in this human existence, as we are, we feel that physical separation from people. I believe that we actually are all connected, but mm-hmm. I think when we come into this body, we we visually, we can't see that connection. Again, the visible versus the invisible. So and so, yes, I think as in this lifetime, I'm the one person who's going to be able to love myself more than any other being. I, I, I really, really appreciate that you said that. I think it's a really important, it's a responsibility mm-hmm. that we have to totally. to love ourselves. Yeah. And we tend and, to, uh, yeah, no, go ahead. 
I'm like, all no, no, excited. I want to say the things. <laughs> Jill, you're sparking my brain. I love it. You're sparking my intellectualist uh, stance. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, we, we tend to move through the world looking for the things outside that will make us feel better and that will prove yes. to us that we're loved. And so this ties in yes. totally with food, right? And with what you put in your body, because, you know, research has shown time and again that often a disordered eating pattern is connected to having missed, you know, having gapped on some love as a little person. So it's a way mm. of honoring yourself and it's a way of telling yourself that you're loved, except, of course, it backfires because it's associated with too much input of energy into your body and it's not all usable. So, right. you know, we tend to look for partners who will love us. We look for, um, we look to be validated by our friends. We look to have praise at work. And these are not things that are bad, but they are things that we, do, we don't actually recognize. That's not the thing we're looking for. We think it is. And our whole damn matrix pretty much tells us it is, right? Have a vacation, right. have a car upgrade your partner, you know, get some great new shoes, you'll feel great. Mm, you know, we've heard it said that that's the hedonic treadmill, the place of peace and the place of sufficiency is in figuring out how you are enough. And, and from there, actually, you become, you know, you can radiate love and you can radiate peace and acceptance and uh, okayness to other people but it is a never-ending game to try and pull it from the outside world into you yeah wow so beautifully put a lot uh, just thank you so i'm really really appreciating the reminder <laughs> for myself and i think people listening will appreciate it as well mm. i have a question that's been on my mind for the past two minutes or so <laughs> <laughs> So get, getting back to that intellect, I think that even for people who are more somatic, more in their bodies and stuff, I think we all want to understand intellectually, how does this work? Okay, so I can do love scoops. I can, I can have a mantra. I can say, you know, I am enough mm -hmm. and I can physically use my arms and my hands to like scoop in the love. Those, I love the love scoops. I, I do them all the time. Mm, cool. <laughs> Scooping it up yeah. from up above, from down below. And I like the idea of thinking that we're like in a pool of love and we're just scooping it up like we would the water. Yeah. But how can we logically say to ourselves, I am enough? I am worthy of that unconditional love uh -huh. because I think that that's a question, right? Like, yeah, it feels no, unbelievable. I'm not, I'm not worthy. Of, yeah. It feels unbelievable. Absolutely. Uh, I, I have gotten to the point where I understand for myself what, how I guess I can justify. I don't, I don't really like that word, but I've gotten my mind, my intellectual mind wrapped around totally accepting that I am enough mm -hmm. and that I'm worthy of my own 100% mm -hmm. unconditional self-love and acceptance. What is that intellectual thought that can help us to, to get closer to that? Or do you have an idea of I what do. yours is? I yeah. should say. Well, it's a one word answer. It's faith. And so faith in the oh. sense of belief and you know, all change comes from being able to rewire your beliefs. Because if you believe that you can't make enough money, well, guess what? If you believe that you will never lose the weight, well, guess what? Right? We are run by our beliefs. 
So rewiring, and I've read time and time again in all sorts of different, you know, self-development books and, and personal development information that I see and, and hear, you just have to change your beliefs. And that really is a huge tall order because they are, they're almost knitted into our DNA, it feels like. So yeah. faith means, uh, for me, practice. And again, back to that, uh, reminding myself throughout the day to say gentle things to myself. And it sounds, it feels so cheesy when you're doing it and when you don't believe it. Feels cheesy, feels yeah. like you can't believe it, but you do it and you do it and you do it. And over time, you, re you actually rewire. Like I'm 10 years in this self-development journey. And I know for sure this is one thing that has become visible. It's not invisible. I've absolutely rewired my ability to see the bright side of things. So like mm -hmm. now I don't really even have thoughts that come in in a real negative frame, whereas they used to all the time. But then I would take the thought and I would reframe it. And it felt mm -hmm. fake. It felt, you know, it felt impossible and implausible. So that's mm -hmm. in the intellectual camp, you know, like just telling yourself to practice saying it again, say it again, say it again, and, and eventually you believe it. But what I love is, you know, that love scoop piece, the actual bodifying mm -hmm. of that mm -hmm. love, mm -hmm. the advantage there is that that brings in an element of play. And yes. from Katie Hendricks, I learned that our we can rewire our brain pathways through practice for sure right i mean alex Benatol right. is a living case of rewiring into positive thinking but she said that takes between 100 and 200 reps to just talk yourself right. into a new belief well when you uh -huh. play when you know when we modify when we get fun with it when we make it enjoyable she said that drops to about 10 reps so it's worth putting the arms into it, right? And actually dramatizing, I love myself and you can sing and you, whatever you want to do, like whatever floats your boat, Yeah. but you will lock it down quicker when you bring your body wow. into it. Oh, that's so, so helpful. I love anything that makes it the process faster. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. <laughs> How fast can I love myself? And, and easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I have my, my get it done fast and, and well persona, which is like, you know, let me hurry up and love myself and move on to the next thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I love that. I could see like giving yourself a hug, maybe even like just rubbing, you know, giving, caressing yes. yourself, which may feel a little funny for people. Yeah. Uh, you can do it in private. <laughs> totally. I do that a lot. I also love uh, something that I do that's really helpful for me is that I, I, I breathe in love yeah, and I breathe out love and I, and I try to bring that breath to different areas of my body that I might not be super excited about or, or different emotion. Like if I'm feeling heaviness in my chest, yeah. then I would breathe into that. And, you know, I, I find the breath is very helpful in this, in this process as well. Yeah. Like this practice. Agreed. essentially. Yeah. So yeah, love that. That's that really good Bringing too. the body in. Yeah. Bring the body in and bring the breath in. Well, you were talking about the breath and I know so much good stuff, right? It sparks all kinds of volcanics. The breathing piece, like I like how you're breathing in love and breathing out love. And I remember years ago, it was a, a Pilates instructor. Was it Pilates or yoga? It was way back in the days of like 
doing home yoga with DVD. Now we all just do it with YouTube. But, <laughs> but I remember I was doing a stretch and the instructor was saying, breathe into the muscle. And that was mm-hmm. the first time that I had imagined that our breath can kind of go somewhere other than just in our lungs. And of course, we know that it really resides in our lungs. But actually, I was like, whoa. And it was my hamstring she was talking. I was, I was stretching at the time. And she said, breathe into the muscle. And so I did. I was like, okay. So I directed that breath into the back of my leg, into my hamstring. And so what that does, of course, is it just orients your focus, right? Breath is really a, mm-hmm. an excuse to bring your attention somewhere. So here I am bringing my breath into yeah. my hamstring. And the amount of perception that I was able to access back there and therefore the deeper the stretch like it was a beautiful stretch I felt like it was a super nourishing stretch as a result of breathing Mm -hmm. into that muscle so yeah for your listeners take Jill's advisement and breathe love into I mean you could try it right now you could breathe love into your left elbow like if you actually focus on that and chase the breath right in there there it is yeah. So you can, yeah, yeah, I like that. That's very powerful. Yeah, and, and it's, it is indirect. I mean, at, from a pure biochemical, biological perspective, we need oxygen mm-hmm. to survive. And, and it's one of the things that very quickly causes dysfunction in the body is not enough oxygen, not enough, you know, the breath bringing in oxygen. So yeah. it's actually, you are breathing into it. It's, there's a delayed effect. Yeah. <laughs> But I, you know, at one thing, I wanted to say one more thing before we wind up, wind down is I think it's really important in this process to, and this is also something I learned from Katie that I was like, I can do that, is this unconditional acceptance thing. I love how she says, would you be willing to do this imperfectly mm. and still have fun? Yeah. Or just yeah. some variation yeah. of that that she always says is like, would you be willing to like get this wrong and still have fun? <laughs> that's so valuable I love that yeah yes and I think I mean that could be used by us as coaches with our clients and you as a coach with uh, or as a you know as a business owner with the people you serve yeah like can you love yourself and can you do it imperfectly yeah you know okay so here here's something Gay Hendricks would say he's the king of like learning to love yourself that was the book in 1982 that he wrote that basically blew psychology's hair back it was Ooh. the first, yeah, it was kind of like the first self-help book that landed in the space that, that modeled the way for further, for future self-help books, because he just got so granular at looking at himself. But he says, you know, he would say, go ahead and say that you love yourself. And so you do. And immediately you have a thought that's like, oh, whatever, like, that's just not believable. Gay would say, now go, can you love that thought? Can you love yourself? thinking that you can't believe that you can love yourself and just keep loving whatever shows up down the chain because what do you have to lose yeah. right you have nothing right. to lose it's right. just you and your brain right and your brain is running the show so don't you want to kind of tell your brain how to run the show so mm. keep loving whatever shows up and use katie's permission to do it imperfectly and mm-hmm. love yourself for that imperfection so it you know, I'm going to go back to your yeah. visualization of being in a pool of love. So no matter which way you reach, no matter what you're choosing to um, say to yourself, you're able to, you're able to do it in love and be like, I'm not getting it right. And that is okay. 
I'm just going to love myself for yeah. trying. Yeah, that's brilliant. I love it. Love, love, love it. I know. Don't we love it? We love it. There's a lot of love. Yes, yes, yes. It, it's, it, you know what? It, and I want to say that, like you said, it, it feels a little funny, in the, I think, in the beginning, but the fruits that mm-hmm. you bear in the, in the love garden <laughs> totally. are just, it's so worth it. Like, I think you and I and many people who are on this journey of practicing self-love, it's like, I, I, I want everybody to join me yes. over here. I want everybody to come over here and feel it because it's so juicy. It feels so good. There's no drug, no food, no new pair of shoes or new car totally. that even comes close yeah to having that feeling. So like, even if it feels silly, mm-hmm. you know, just try, just give it a try. And, and we've talked about some wonderful tools to, to do that today. So Alex, I really appreciate your joining me today and this conversation. And I would love to have you come again. Yes. I, there's that word love. <laughs> and I have loved this, this whole thing, Jill. So it's been a really great journey with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wasn't that amazing? I just, oh my gosh, I just felt feel so good, so enlivened after having that conversation with Alex today. So you can learn more about Alex if you go to her website. It's alexvantoll.com, and that will be in the show notes. Alex actually helps people to write their books. So she does writing and book coaching, which is just so awesome because there are so many people out there trying to get their books done. (laughs) So she says that she has the expertise to bring your project to life. And I think from that conversation, you would have to agree with that. And she also does communications advising. So helping with brand story, helping you to refine your thought leadership. So that's the work that she does and also executive coaching. So definitely check out Alex. And again, that will be in the show notes. And I would like to remind you that we do have the love challenge and we invite you to come and join us. That is going to be a process, really a a community engagement fun process. Challenge is not really the best word, but I I do challenge you to really practice loving yourself for throughout this period of time. And we do it as a group and you're going to get some great skills on how to do that. It's not just, oh, just go go off in the corner and love yourself there. (laughs) That didn't sound right. (laughs) You know what I mean. So rather than just giving people that lofty idea, I think it's really important to, to provide skills and how do we, how do we practice love? So that's what the Love Challenge is all about. And I hope to see you there.